0: You are listening to Executive Chat, hosted by Clarice Arnold. This podcast will catch a glimpse at the lives and perspectives of some wonderful business leaders of today.
1: Hey there, friends. I'm Clarice Arnold, and you're tuning in to the Executive Chat, the podcast where a future executive interviews current executives. The goal here is to catch a glimpse at the perspectives, lives, and minds of the business leaders of today. Today, joining us, we have Ed Price, the most compelling community leader in North Carolina. Ed, I want to set the stage for a minute so our audience will understand just one way that you impact families and communities. In 1969, a couple with four children wanted to move to High Point, North Carolina, so the father could practice medicine in his community. He was fresh from the Mayo Clinic and had decided to move to a warm climate close to the North Carolina mountains, which he loved. That couple was my grandparents, and you were their realtor. That's just one way of how you impact lives tremendously, and especially mine. Before I was even born, by making people's dreams of home ownership come true, I'm so pleased to have you on the show. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. Uh Yeah, I sure am glad your grandparents came here and your father came here and they were wonderful people and Dr. Arnold was very highly respected and loved and admired and he was my doctor for every many years.
1: Now Ed, how did you get into real estate?
0: I somehow finished college, mm-hmm. which was a struggle and um I was going to come back to High Point and just work with children. I wanted to work at the Y, and I wanted to, I was teaching swimming, special needs children, and things like that. And I was coaching a high point swim team. And so my my future was going to be working with children, but I had to get a job where I can make some money. I think I got fifty dollars a month for coaching the swim team, and you know I couldn't pay my rent. So somebody said, "Well, get into real estate. Uh, your hours are flexible." Well, I learned real quick, they weren't so flexible. I had to be available when the seller or the buyer wanted me to be available. But I was blessed or lucky. I was able to start a career in real estate and still coach special needs children, little league baseball, little league basketball, and stuff. It still got to do with things that I love doing. So you're lucky when you're in a job when I mean, you can... Do what you love doing and still have a job. And so that was forty six years ago, we said, but I'll do math. But anyway, so I'll day will still work with children and um, start a career in real estate.
1: It's amazing that you're so passionate about children
0: yeah. and especially
1: children in sports in this community. Why are you so passionate about that cause?
0: When you're trying to work, and I've done other things besides sports, but mostly sports, because you have to find something in common with the child to relate to them. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the kids that I, short children that I worked with, if I'd gone there and read them a, a book, that wouldn't have turned them on. If I took them out to shoot a basketball or hit a baseball, you, you have to get on something they like. So you can communicate with them. I mean, if I went down there and read poems to 2015 kids, that's how many were on the baseball team, I don't think I would have connected with very many. Now, some of them, yeah. But anyway, you, you find something that you have in common with people, whether it's that or business or whatever. You mind, What do we have in common? Because I was reaching out to children, and I wanted them to accept me.
1: Now, Ed, you are first and foremost a communicator. And you just said that what you try to do is you find something in common with everyone you meet, especially children. Mm -hmm. You have a passion for that. But I bet also the people you come in contact with every day and you work with. So would you say that that's a good piece of advice um, to people who want to pursue communications?
0: it worked for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, you can only be you. And if you're fake, especially children, have a real... I don't, they got a seventh sense or six cents. Well, they can find out if you're fake. Uh Your heart's got to be in it because you can't try to be something you aren't. And the Lord gave us all strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You try to relate to people, especially in business when you meet them for the first time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you only get... One bite at the apple if you're trying to do business with somebody. You know, how you conduct yourself. And that may turn some people off. You know, you can only be what you are. Mm -hmm. And if you're fake. So I always try to find what I had in common with people.
1: And you just tried to be yourself, and that's how you became a great salesman?
0: Well, I'm not going to say great. You can only be yourself. You can try to fake it. You know, I can tell somebody, yeah, I finished in top 98% of my high school class. Well, that ain't good. They think I finished in top 2%. Top 98% ain't good. But some, a lot of people will think, are you that good in high school?
1: (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about your impact on the community. What commitment of yours are you most proud of that you've helped with in the community?
0: I guess there are two things, ma'am. When I raised the money to build the miracle field, Mm -hmm. that was, and then when I was asked to raise the money for Wesley's house, which was a house for homeless ladies, the police department came to me and said, if we arrest a woman at two o'clock in the morning, we have two choices, either put her in jail or just let her go, whether they're on drugs or whatever. And they, didn't have an option of somewhere in the center inside jail or just go loose on the streets. There was a place for men, open door ministry. But there was no place for women. So three ministers came up and asked me if I would find them a house that they could house some women. And I said, you'll never meet building codes. We're going to have to start from scratch and build a house. We can't go to here and buy a three bedroom one bath house and you meet code or anything else. So long story short, I got a bill of a friend of mine and, uh, we raised six hundred some thousand dollars and built what they call lesson's House. It's still down there on the English Road. And, um, it houses 24 women a night. But there were, most of them were referred by the police because they have nowhere to live. So I guess those two things, maybe. <laughs>
1: Well, that's a great accomplishment. Well, no. So I I've I volunteered um, once at Open Door Ministry. Oh, you okay. It's great work they do there. Leslie's
0: house is the same thing, but yeah, for women.
1: Exactly. But they
0: had nowhere to go. Yeah. And uh, so somehow I got, I was asked to find a house, but we ended up having to build one to meet codes. Steve. your daddy can tell you all about meeting codes. <laughs> there's common sense, and there's our codes
1: now, when it comes to your communication skills, I want to get back on this track. I think it's, it's great work you do in the community. But when it comes to your communication skills, is there like a morning routine you have or something that motivates you every day before you go to work?
0: Just I enjoy what I do. I love the town I live in, so I wake up every morning happy. If you have a job that you don't like, you just make money. You can go. And go through emotions, but if you really love what you do and enjoy it, then you're, you do better, I think. And it shows.
1: That's great advice. To any, um, I guess, young people starting out in business or in, um, I guess, real estate, what piece of advice would you give them to do what they love That's a great piece of advice. But is there any other advice you might want
0: to give? Do something they love or enjoy. And we all have different talents. Mm -hmm. Some people can throw a football. Some can play a piano. uh, Some can be an artist. And I truly believe the Lord gave everybody, I tell children this when I talk to them, that everybody has something special and unique about them. Sometimes you find what that is and sometimes you may not. But I would just if it's something they really enjoy and their heart's in it, they'll be successful at it. It may not be making a million dollars. It may be running a boy and girl's club with 1,100 children like they have here in High Point. But if you're good at it and you like it and you put your head down at night and I say, I've had a great day and I've helped people. That's a pretty good
1: Is there a piece of advice? Now, that's the piece of advice you found mm-hmm. yourself and that you want to give to others. Is there a piece that worked of advice, for me. It may
0: not work for somebody else.
1: Is there a piece of advice that someone gave you and has really helped you and resonated with you throughout your career and life? Maybe a mentor?
0: Do the right thing. If I had to say one thing, I mean, many times we were tested in business, and I made many a mistake. Man, I wouldn't have done anything if I hadn't made if I did anything, I had to make mistakes. Not everything was perfect. Yeah. You can never hit a home run every time. Absolutely. But, um, be yourself. And a lot of times with a customer or business situation, like I said earlier, you only get one bite of the apple. You did the wrong thing one time, but I ain't going to use that guy to sell my house or buy a house. You know, so. And if you aren't, truthful you're going to get caught <laughs> nine out of ten times I mean you, know, you forgot what you said or what you did two years ago, three years ago, whatever it is so just that, that's what kind of worked for me, everybody's different
1: Um I agree with you 110% you should do what you love you should be honest and you should pursue it because people will see if you're fake. You're a very genuine person. And your communication skills and your love for people comes from a great place. And Thank I you. think it's one of the things that makes you an amazing salesperson. And an amazing person in general. Which is you way think? more important.
0: Yes, ma'am. I, and I'm not saying i mean you any of those things. But.
1: Well, you smart. know, you, no, I'll, I'll it, say it. then. It, well,
0: thank you. It's nice coming from an intelligent person. Uh, well, that person tell me I was smart or said, you look good at out of seeing eye dogs. So, so you go Uh-oh. in and you know, look good. But, no, it, it uh, I've been lucky and happy in life, but I've been able to do things I wanted to do. I'm been going up to his house. At five o'clock on a Saturday morning, to take his brothers down to Waterloo Basketball at the old wide to sign up. It started at eight, you had to be in line, and oh gosh, yeah. Because his brother, in baseball, he was an all star team on the second, played second base. Mm-hmm. Then boys come riding horses up here occasionally. <laughs> That's instant entertainment. You married, I and mean, you were born into an entertaining family.
1: Oh, yeah. The Arnold Clan mm-hmm. was always, always involved in sports.
0: I had, I mean, Sherry and a couple, and Rosemary won the state championship in basketball.
1: Oh, yeah. I
0: remember they were going down to Wiley and playing the state championship. It was 20 some years ago, and I bought the whole team a pregame meal. Ooh. She played for Southwest. And it, and they were going down to play in the state championship, and I called the coach up there, so he will buy all the girls a pregame meal. And we did it. What's now called Blue Water? Back then it was something else. But uh,
1: did you love coaching teams? Yes, ma'am. What kind of sport did you love coaching the most? You said that you coached a swim team. The one I
0: got the most appreciation out of, ma'am, I teaching paraplegics in special needs children in high school. I did that for about 10, 12 years at the YWCA back in the 70s and 80s. That gave me the most satisfaction. Because most of these people um, swimming, they used every muscle in their body. They were paraplegic because it built their upper body. To they float and do their arms and that was the best exercise they could do. They couldn't run track. Uh, you know. And special needs children were so appreciative and so happy. Probably the most rewarding thing. And that was really coaching the team. I coached the high points the team. But that was I probably did a hundred children a year. A pair wow. of Well, that's nothing. But um, and now all the pools around have ramps that go down Yeah. See, back then there weren't ramps, ramps that took, mm-hmm. they could ride the wheelchair down the pool. Mm-hmm. So I had to help them get in the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, where today it's a whole lot different. Yeah. They started building those ramps about 20 some years ago. But anyway.
1: Well, I mean, things like that have played such a big role in our community, and in our personal lives as well. As you know, I have a cousin who has Down syndrome and he's played on the Miracle Ball team. Oh, there. has he? Absolutely.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I'm trying to get him to build a beside of it, a soccer field. Oh, wow. That would be for special needs children, because every child in a wheelchair or a walker can kick a ball. Mm-hmm. I've been trying for five years to get him to do it. Um, when I was on the school board, there's nine acres up there beside the miracle field. The school system owned it. <laughs> I talked to see a high point, not high, that's the worst word in English language. Long story short, got the school board on 6-5 vote to sell that nine acres to the city to expand the miracle field. And we to build a soccer, not even close to regulation but there wouldn't be a goalie and every kid would get a chance to school. school. And that's the one thing I'm still trying to do today is the city spent 300000 to buy the land. Mm-hmm. The school system was going to build a maintenance hut up there. What? At the entrance to a high point athletic complex.
1: I think the soccer field is a much better idea than a maintenance hut.
0: Y- yes, and more paved parking because we want out of paved parking up there and those children are in walkers and wheel walkers and wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. So I had this got this great vision, man, of um doing soccer. And I it should be up there, the other fields up there beside the miracle field of soccer. So special needs children need to play at the High Point Athletic Complex. At first, they wanted to build a miracle field down here at Harville Park, mm-hmm. and I thought that was foolish. I said, they, These children need to be mainstreamed, yeah, and play up there. We got little league football going on, mm-hmm. and youth soccer, and you go in there on a the fall Saturday morning between little league football, and youth soccer, and miracle field. You can't, but I felt like it was important those children be um, mainstreamed and be up there. The High Athletic Complex, not somewhere off by themselves.
1: Absolutely. I don't know
0: what the city can do. I keep bringing it up. Every part's direct commission meeting.
1: Well, Ed, do you remember your mm-hmm. first real estate deal? Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience?
0: It was a $19,000 house over here on East Eastchester Drive where the mall is now. I guess Liberty Steakhouse, what's Austin's now, was there. There a bunch of, there were a bunch of houses there. This was in 74. There were a bunch of houses there. It was $19,500. And I sold it to, them. Yeah. That was my first meal. Uh,
1: how did you feel after selling it? Were you like, this is, this is the path I want to be on?
0: I still didn't know, but i was still more interested Children, but it made me feel good to accomplish something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, yeah, I accomplished something since family had made a sale, so.
1: When did you decide that you were going to keep being a realtor?
0: Three or four years later when I realized that I could still be a realtor. I teach basketball at the old Y be on the and girls club board and work with those children, do the swimming. When I realized I could juggle my schedule, I wasn't married at the time. Uh holy dates I had a kid had C and dogs. But I wasn't married at the time, so when I got off work, either you know, I the business or a coach Little Week. And I learned if a customer wanted to see a house at five thirty that day and I had Little Week ball practice, I'd say, which wasn't a lie, I'd say God I got already got an appointment at five thirty, can I meet you there at six thirty? or 7, or can I meet you at 4.30. And I didn't lie, I had an appointment with Woodley Balton. So I was able to, to nest my way through it all.
1: So the community came first?
0: Yeah, basically.
1: But That's a lot of responsibility. Well, I, I was lucky
0: to be able to do them both at the same time. I didn't have a job traveling. I was in town all week. Mm-hmm. I was free on Saturday and Sundays. When I had open house on Sundays, but I had practice after so that. I, I, I was able to make it work. So I wanted to. So.
1: Did you have any role models or mentors along the way mm-hmm. helping you?
0: Oh sure, there were people I looked up to. I've always say, say that I was raised by the greatest generation. I was so lucky. We are raised by the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a world war. Vietnam was terrible. We didn't have a depression in my lifetime, so I came along at a great time. And yet, there were plenty of people that I said, in "My mind, what would so and so? And this goes back to business. What would so and so do in this situation?" And I tried to as best I could.
1: Tell us a little bit about those people. Were they your parents? Mm-hmm.
0: My parents' friends and my friends' parents in some cases. And um they were a generation ahead of me. But I admired them. I heard my parents talk about them. I heard people talking about them. So I knew kinda who to respect. I mean on Halloween I didn't go throw eggs at their house. So I could
1: That's good. Whatever. That's good. Didn't TP their houses. Now, goodness, how long have you been working at, here at Price Realty?
0: I've been in real estate 47 years and started this company 20 years ago.
1: Wow,
0: goodness. Well, I, thought I couldn't get a job any worse. I had to hire myself.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. What qualities would you say you look for in those who work for Price Realty?
0: Common sense. That's a good one, yes. uh, yeah. Yeah. All this algebra in French I took in high school and never use it today. Common sense, street sense, and honesty. I mean, anybody can go to a real estate class and they can tell you how to fill out a contract or do a closing statement. There's certain things you can't, yep, well, you can change anybody, but it's hard to teach. So I guess I'll look for the same qualities that I hope I have. Not that I do, but I hope, you know, you I've got a real hard application here. The employees, when they pop the job and so on, I mean, it's not, you know, not to tough.
1: Can you guess the animal in the incomplete drawing?
0: Yeah, I know some of the questions. kind of hard.
1: Which one is different? And it's three butterflies and a pig. Uh, correct. Oh, okay, so I'm already kind of winning in oh, this application. Oh, well, you skipped
0: the first page. Oh, goodness. About the IQ and the White House the War of 1812.
1: Okay, what color is the White House? Well, I, I don't mean, know. That one's a little Well, crazy. I know.
0: That's a trick question.
1: <laughs> what is Martin Luther King's middle name?
0: Yeah. I something. I know. What I know is it's...
1: Obama's last name?
0: Yeah. I can, I'm I can never going to figure that one out. Yeah, I mean, you know what?
1: Goodness. Yeah. Do you think that people ever cheat and Google some of these questions?
0: Yeah, Google it and send all kind of places. IBM somehow picked it up. Uh-oh. I don't know what they
1: High point is one or two
0: words. That's very important.
1: And you circle the correct, spell house. That yeah. is very important
0: for spell any realtor, you Spell what everywhere. you're selling. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Very good. And a maze? Yeah, I Mazes know. Well, we, pretty tricky. And there's some
0: spelling questions in there, too. Okay. Yes. Yeah, well. This
1: yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I know. Well, right. this is the funnest application I've ever seen.
0: Well. Goodness. Well.
1: Is this an armadillo? Oh, it's an aardvark.
0: Yeah, I don't know what aardvark is.
1: Aardvark is hiding in this truck. Can you find him?
0: Well, <laughs> some are hard to This
1: is amazing. Yeah. I love, this is the funnest job application I have ever seen. But that is amazing. Thank you for showing me that.
0: Well, I had to work real hard on
1: that. It can be very difficult. I know, Will. Thank you so much, Mr. Price. Once again, that was Call me Ed.
0: uh,
1: I sure will. Once again, that was Ed Price, the best salesman in North Carolina. A generous leader, great American, and a powerful communicator and salesman. I'm Clarice Arnold, and you just tuned in to the Executive Chat.
0: Thank you, Ed. Oh, thank you, Ms. Arnold. You have been listening to Executive Chat with your host, Clarice Arnold.